This is Issues 2023. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Dr. Elizabeth King, President and CEO of the Wichita State University Foundation and Alumni Engagement. Welcome to Issues 2023. Elizabeth, did I did I get that title just about right? Was it pretty close? It was very close. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> you, uh, you've recently announced your retirement after 45 years in higher education. What prompted your decision to do that? Well, I've been, um, yes, I've been in higher ed for 45 years, and I've been in the same position as CEO of the Wichita State University Foundation, now alumni engagement as well, for 32 years in July next month. And it just seems like in every way the right time. Everybody told me you will know when it's the right time, and, and that has happened. But in those positions now, and I'm not, I'm not familiar with how those jobs are at other universities or whatever, but at any place and any job, uh, that seems like an awful long, <laughs> long time, 32 uh, years. You must have either really, uh, my, either, either you really loved it or nobody else have, <laughs> applied or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, my staff has verified that I am the longest serving CEO of a foundation with the university in the country. And, and honestly, there are a couple of reasons for, for that. One is, when I moved to Wichita in 1989 to marry my husband, Don, he had a family-owned bridge and heavy highway construction company. So I pretty much married Wichita and Wichita State when I married Don and therefore was not mobile. And so in those tempting times when a headhunter would call our search firm, I simply had to say, nope, and I'm in this position for the long haul. And I'm so grateful for that because I've worked with now um, generations of, of family members and and corporate leaders, and uh, it's just been a true privilege. Well, uh, so what is what is the job involved, Elizabeth? Is it uh, a lot of meetings, a lot of travel, or, <laughs> or a lot of all? Yes, yes, yes. Um, so. As the CEO of the foundation, I am responsible. We have about 55 employees. And so it is a kind of mini business. We do not report to the university. I report to a board of directors. Lynn Nichols is the chairman of our, our board right now, so he's technically my boss. But I work extremely closely with the president, and we only exist to serve the university. So we have... Um, we have fundraisers, we have alumni uh, programming staff, we have an IT person, we have a communications and marketing team, um, we have prospect research, we have plan giving specialists, we have our finance and investment staff. So we cover a gamut of areas of supporting the university through our foundation and alumni. Um, more specifically, what I do uh, is I, I manage our team, and uh, hopefully lead them well. And uh, about 25, about a quarter of my time is spent directly with fundraising, and the rest of it is more of the executive responsibilities. I mean, you've got to measure some of your success, at least, Elizabeth, in, gosh, dollars and cents, how much has been raised. And uh, right. I, from what I've seen from the outside, the past few years, uh, you, you're kind of doing pretty well, as far as I can tell. Can you tell us about that? 
Now, when I arrived, we were raising um, about six million annually, and this last couple of years, we've averaged in the mid forty millions. So, during my tenure, our team, uh, working of course very closely with our campus colleagues, deans, athletic staff, and of course the president, uh, we've achieved over eight hundred million dollars uh, to support our faculty and students at Wichita State. So it's buildings, um, like we raised $31.5 million for Woolsey Hall, and then we raised all the money for the Student Athlete Center, but it's also need-based scholarships or any type of scholarship support, graduate fellowships, support for our library, support for the Aldrich Museum, any way that we can match what our donors are interested in with what our priorities are as a university. All right, so it's not just buildings and uh, some of that's going right. to, to, to help the, the students out there directly then, huh? A lot of it is, yes, mm-hmm. for sure. So uh, what are your proudest accomplishments then with the foundation, you think? Oh, gosh, the proudest accomplishments. Um, as I've been reflecting on leaving this position, and, and believe me, I never completely answered that question as to why now, but it's very bittersweet because what's most important to me is the people, and it's not measurable. But my proudest accomplishments are the deep relationships that uh, I've been blessed to form. I've worked with seven presidents, 14 board chairs, and uh, those have been uniquely special relationships. The staff we have now is excellent. But I also cherish the re- relationships of the staff members of the past. I hear, I've been hearing from them wh- when the announcement was made. And then um, I think I look across the campus and how much has changed in 32 years. And knowing that I was part of that when I started uh, there were only four of us as vice presidents for the university. I was vice president and CEO of the foundation. We changed that after 15 years. There were only four vice presidents. And now how much the team has grown and um, and changed, and, and we have greater diversity of thought and race and um, just perspectives uh, at uh, the leadership level of the university. So lots of things that I'm, I'm so happy to have been a part of. Well, you must have been pretty flexible with all that change to, <laughs> to adapt to it. I'll, I'll tell you. And, and I want to backtrack for just a little bit, if I may. You say you came to Wichita to marry Don King. Was or were you a, uh, Was this like a mail-order bride type thing? or Where, 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 where are you from where, originally? Well, my background is highly unusual for most people. My parents were missionaries, and my dad was a professor. And we uh, lived in Scotland for my preschool years, where my dad earned his uh, Ph.D. And then we were in West Africa for my grade school years and the Philippines starting eighth grade on. And then I went to college for undergraduate in Chicago and then did my master's and Ph.D. in Texas. And along the way, I went back to my 10-year college reunion, and there was Dawn. And we had a, a long-distance relationship. We had been friends in college, so it wasn't starting from scratch. But he was less mobile than I, and I really thought 
the best thing about Wichita was that it had an airport that <laughs> I could I could leave and travel. Um, but besides Dawn, but I have fallen in love. I, I would never want to live anywhere else. Um, lived all over the world, wow. but I love Wichita, Kansas. That is quite a background. You've been everywhere. <laughs> I'm just uh, just driving by the campus uh, on occasion. I get to drive by and. Uh, uh, I see a lot of changes out there. I mean, uh, you hear recently, oh recently they're tearing down the the stadium where I saw Shocker football and I saw the Rolling Stones, and I'm thinking, I hope they got something better planned out there for that. Oh, I, I tell you what, now I didn't see Shocker football. I, I'm not that um, long term, but I saw the Rolling Stones, Steve, and that was that still remains my favorite concert. Ever. It's just oh, yeah. Such an amazing oh, yeah. I, I, that was the best thing I've ever seen. Those guys. Oh, we, we digress. So, anyway, the, the campus, uh, yes. campus it, is changing. Things are going to be great for um, uh, a stadium. Uh, we, uh, it'll take a while because we need to um, bring in a, another um, $39 million to do it up to the level that we want to do it. But that is a fundraising priority. Uh, I will work on it. For the next six months while I'm in the position, uh, and then whoever follows me will take the lead on, on helping that happen along with our athletic director, Kevin. You know, see, uh, I've also noticed that retail businesses on the campus, it's almost like you've got a little uh, kind of a shopping center look to, <laughs> yeah. to it. And everything is this restaurant. Yeah, everything looks brand new out there. I mean, it is brand new. Yeah. Yeah. So what about that? Did you just get the Starbucks because you can get there to your office very quickly, or what? What's it do? <laughs> my husband says my paycheck goes to Starbucks. Oh, um, yeah. You know, the vision came from John Bardo to close the golf course, and it's a rare opportunity in today's world for a university to literally be able to double the footprint of the campus with um with one with one opportunity and not having to go out to outside of the campus we were able to do it with adjoining land uh and then um several people especially dr john tomlin were leaders in that effort and continue to be and bringing industry to campus giving our students real life opportunity right there uh within walking distance um, and, but creating a mini city, because if you're going to have NetApp on your campus, you need to have a place where people can stay, the Hyatt place, pe- where people can eat and easily have access. So it has been a huge boon, I think, for Wichita, but especially for our neighborhood. You're uh, listening to Issues 2023 on the Odyssey radio stations, and our guest is Dr. Elizabeth King, President and CEO of Wichita State University Foundation and alumni engagement. I want to talk for a little bit, if I may, uh, about your uh, community involvement. You are, <laughs> it's quite a list. You are past president of Downtown Rotary Club. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. So that how was did, a while ago, that was 607. So yeah. how, how did that work out? <laughs> was that a fun job? I loved it. I loved it. In fact, I was the, the first female officer of Rotary. I was... Um, the secretary, which basically it's not a it's not a, a real secretary job. You stand at the podium, introduce guests, et cetera. And at the time, 
when they called me, they said that they had had a long conversation about whether or not they wanted a female at the podium because women were not allowed into Rotary until 87. And I joined in 88 in, in Plano, Texas, and then came to Wichita. Um, and then we had two female presidents before me. And so the, brand, the ground had already been broken in that way. But it, I loved that role. Um, it is a wonderful organization, very engaged in supporting the community locally and worldwide. And so it fits my philanthropic desires outside of Wichita State. You, you mentioned something there that is one of the questions I had planned uh, to ask you about, and that is about uh, in your career, very, very varied career, you've, have you any, encountered uh, gender bias, discrimination uh, against women in your career? Yes. I, I honestly don't think there's a woman that started their career in the 70s who hasn't experienced it. So absolutely. Um, and, and sadly, I believe it still exists. Uh, but I also think there's much more of a spotlight on issues so that um, a much greater awareness of giving equal opportunity and um, equal respect for women and people of, of all backgrounds. Yeah. I see it in my daughter, who's, uh, by, by the way, she graduated of Wichita State, and not, and even more so in my granddaughters, uh, they have an attitude. Nothing's going to hold them back. There's no no reason for I love that. Yeah. So I love that. Yep, I love that. Yep. Pro- progress is being made. Okay. You uh, you also chaired the Salvation Army Advisory Board. That would be a different kind of organization, I would think. Right. Um, Salvation Army really speaks to my heart in the same way that um, Don's and my church does, in that there's a real care and concern for people who um, just simply have not had some of the same advantages and opportunities, or they're in a crisis, a natural disaster. And it's a great, it's um, it's a very humble organization. I'm really proud of the work that the Salvation Army does. All right, now. Tell us a little bit about your involvement with the Council for the Advancement and Support of Education. That's quite a mouthful. Uh, (laughs) I'm actually, I'm just a member of that organization. Most of my team are. Um, The one that I'm more involved with is the Association of Governing Boards, and it has a subsidiary that only works with institutional university foundations. I am on that council and we um, provide input to the national organization in Washington on um, needs and directions for um, professional development for people who do what I do and for um, legislative um, kind of lobbying. Um, so it's, it's a very good organization and one that fits exactly the work that I do. Dr. King, do, do our local and state governments, do you think, do enough to support higher education in this area around Wichita? I have a really refreshed perspective on state and local um, involvement. The last few years especially, Wichita's gotten a lot of attention. And I do believe some of that is Rick Numa, our president, is such a strong leader along with Andy Schlapp, who works in governmental relations. And, for example, for 
the legislature to provide $205 million toward our biomedical campus um, out of the $300 million needed. Um, that is a phenomenal investment in Wichita. And so, uh, and it's a collaborative with Wichita State and KU, but it's in Wichita and it'll be in downtown Wichita. So I think we are getting much more attention and we have leaders uh, in um, our legislature now who are from Wichita and that always helps. And are, are students today uh, different than students you've encountered in the past? I'm sure they are, but I guess I would say, how are they different? How are they the same uh, over the uh, over the years of students you've seen? It's substantially different. Um, and it is interesting uh, over the decades, uh, generations change. And, and this is a very unique time period because at Wichita State, of course, we uh, have in fact, our, our fall class will be, I think, our highest first time ever in college class in the history of the university. We have really grown that 18-year-old um, cohort, but we still take care of students of all ages. And so teaching, uh, as, a, as a faculty member, teaching individuals in your classroom, you may have half the class is 18 to 22-year-olds, and then you may have a a smattering of 30s and 40s. So it does make a big difference because this is an era, you're talking earlier about technology. And these students have never known life without cell phones and internet and easy access to information. And so even just the whole process of pedagogy is different. What I believe is the same is that the students of today, just like the students of 100 years ago, have a desire to learn, to attain a higher education degree, and to make themselves better so that they can gain an income, take care of their families, and be contributing members of society. And that fundamental desire of people, I don't think that will ever change. You, uh, there, the, 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 the education that you're offering on the campus today, uh, and I've been in, uh, really impressed by this over the past few years, uh, the adjustment has been made. To what they're saying that people are saying, well, not everybody wants to go, you know, to school four years and get a liberal arts education. And there are other, right. other avenues, and you talk about uh, on the campus there with regard to technology, heating and air conditioning, vocations. Uh, that's quite quite a variety of uh, way, paths that you can choose at Wichita State. Right. I I, I believe one of the, the best moves uh, over the last 10 years is the integration with WSU Tech and Dr. Sherry Utash leading that effort because we as a society are becoming more open to the fact that you do not need to have a four-year degree to be successful and that technical degrees are very valuable, and especially so in, in our city. So now they've also created programs where you can go two years to WSU Tech and move on and get a two-year degree at Wichita State, so the transferability of credits, the remote learning, COVID really, <laughs> really pushed us in that direction, but we have more online or hybrid classes than we've ever had before. So, yeah, it's changed a whole lot. You uh, And badges, you know, just even mini-credentials is, mm -hmm. is very new for us as well. Oh, yeah, right. 
Well, over the past in your career, do you have any mentors or I imagine you have quite a few, but would you like to mention one or two that have, have helped you along the way? Oh my goodness. Um, I, I don't even know where to begin. I never had a formal mentoring, um, you know, with mentoring, you can right. have someone that yeah you consistently meet with and, uh, but I've had numerous informal, um, mentors, Dr. Don Beggs, former president, um, remains a close friend and he taught me so much about, about leadership. Dr. Jim Radigan, who actually ended up working on my team. I could never say he worked for me. He was a former vice president of student affairs and he was the vice president of student affairs when I started. Um, so we were colleagues and then he worked in my unit for 15 years. He has been an enormous teacher about character and, and people and Rick Mima today, he's he's a friend, a colleague, um, but also I learn so much from him. I've been very, very fortunate. I've had um, Linda Brantner was the president of Delta Dental, sadly died of breast cancer. Um, she was my first colleague who also reported to a board of directors. And we had numerous conversations and she helped guide me. So lots of people. I could keep going. Well, has it it been difficult for you to balance uh, professional and personal life? You've been obviously done. Your career has kept you pretty busy. What about uh, family life? Is it has it been easy, hard, or difficult? (laughs) If anybody tells you it's easy, I don't know. They can't be. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think it's difficult, and I do guide a lot of young um, parents, and I tell them that in any given day. You may be the best of one thing. You may be the best spouse or the best parent or the best employee, but but it's rare for you to be the best of everything every day. Um, and you make sacrifices, and your family does. I have two sons, um, and um, my oldest son, uh, he and his wife live in New York City. He's in finance, and they are expecting our first grandchild Uh-oh. in September. <laughs> Um, my youngest son and he um, is getting married in September. They are, it's occurring on the same week, the wedding and the baby. So um, we won't be making it to the baby. We'll be here for the wedding and then hopefully catch up with the baby. So very, very proud of my boys. And then my husband, we tease, but it is so true. Even when he was running his company, which he sold a year ago, and we tease and say he works, nights and weekends for Wichita State because he has been my greatest supporter um, and is literally at every function um, that we have, every basketball game, every banquet, every community event, he's been by my side. What are you going to do in retirement? I think of a couple of things. One of them is going to be a grandmother, but any specific plans in retirement, things you want to do? Well, I've been told that you should never retire from without something to retire to. I'm still on the board of the University of Kansas Hospital in Kansas City. Um, That has been a governor appointment. I started with Brownback and then now Governor Kelly, and I'm under reappointment under Governor Kelly. So I have four more years of of that. Um, I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to have to interrupt you because we're out of time. And I, okay. I just want to thank you for spending some time. All these years I've watched your career, and I've never met you face-to-face. Maybe we'll do that someday. 
But thank well, you. Well, the time flew. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Thanks for this is uh, our guest, Elizabeth King, President, CEO of Wichita State University Foundation and Alumni Engagement. That's all for this edition of Issues 2023. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.